Restoring Place Church, the church of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center, is a place where we make disciples of Christ, teach and train them to live as children of God, and to thrive in who He created them to be. We believe that this is the best time on earth to be alive, to experience the end-time harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. Get ready to be renewed, recharged, and restored to go out and take the gospel to your world. Let's join our service already in progress. We're having some snow here in Charlotte, and I guess if you're here in Charlotte, you know that. Um, Broke my heart last night to say we wouldn't meet today, but we have a bunch of kids that come to church on Sundays and uh, didn't want to put them on the buses. The roads look pretty rough this morning. So I reached out to my uh, <clears throat> AT team, um, AV team, Gary and Sheila, and they walked me through last night how to get set up on YouTube uh, to do this live because <clears throat> I hate missed an opportunity to share the word of God with you, particularly on Sunday. And uh, so welcome. Uh, today, I can't say welcome for you that are here and those that are online. You're all online or you may be watching this later. But just first of all, thank you for joining us. It's good to be with you. A uh, couple announcements. We don't have tutoring for the kids tomorrow in observance of Martin Luther King Day. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is normally Bible study, and we normally do Bible study on Monday at King's Kitchen and Wednesday and Friday. Uh, based on the weather and everything tomorrow, we'll know for sure, but we should be at King's Kitchen tomorrow at 3 <clears throat> again on Wednesday and Friday for Bible study. Tutoring normally on Mondays and Thursdays, but we won't do this Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. Ladies Bible study uh, is Thursday night. Uh, Sherry Reese and Vivian Richardson lead that. We have a meal for you, so don't miss that if you can make it. And if you're a lady uh, and you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. Wednesday night's prayer night. We meet at <clears throat> excuse me the sanctuary at the Dream Center where we uh, have our church at 5.30, Wednesday, Wednesday night, 5.30 to 7. We pray. We pray for what the Lord's called us to. We come together in unity and prayer, and uh, we we claim and we believe that we are a house of loving kindness. That's our confession. We come together to be in one mind and one spirit on Wednesday nights to pray for what God's called us to. He's got a lot of things on our plate, and <clears throat> excited to be here with you. Uh, Friday night, we meet at the Dream Center and put together the now world-famous Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center Chili Cheese Dogs. We take them to the streets at Street Ministry uh, uptown between 7 and about 10. My, my timing may be off a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and... Uh, then on Saturday mornings, we have adopted block in three neighborhoods, uh, soon to be four or five. We're believing God for 21 total. Someone the other day said, why are you talking about 21? It's tough doing three. Well, that's the, what the Lord put in our heart. In any endeavor you ever put together, you always plan ahead of time. You plan beyond your means, and then you step into them and trust God. We do a lot of trusting God around here. Saturday mornings, J.T. Williams, Reed Park, and then Thomasboro. Uh, they go from 11 to 1.30. And then Sunday services. We'll be back at the church next Sunday unless we have some bad weather. <clears throat> One other thing. Um, uh, this coming week, 
uh, our executive director for the last seven years, Bo Frowine. He's uh, he's leaving us. He's moving on, and we just bless him, and we thank God for all the service he's given us over the last seven years. And we're going to miss him, and we love him. But it's his birthday this week, and I texted him yesterday. I said, man, you know, I was going to sing you happy birthday uh, this Sunday, but it looks like we may get snowed out, and he's, he's, he, he said he was glad about that. But just so it can go on record, I'm going to sing happy birthday to Bo Frowine, our <coughs> current uh, executive director of the Dream Center, and uh, he's going to be 40-something, mid-40s, I think. But anyway. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Bofro One. Happy birthday to you. I usually kind of pick up him about his birthday and a few months out start talking about it in January. I think around the 20th. So you see Bo this week. Wish him happy birthday. And uh, I don't know if there's any other announcements, anything else going on. Glad to have you with us. If you want to make your tithes and offerings, you can do that next week at church. Or you can go online. And make them now at restoringplace.org. You can sow into the Dream Center at cltdc.org. And uh, we want to know, want you to know that we thank you for all the support you've given us over the years and all we that faithfully come to our church. And if you've never joined us in church before, we're at 2225 Freedom Drive in the Movement Center. Uh, the Dream Center is on the back side of the building, and we're there and we have a kitchen. And uh, we are just wonderfully blessed to be there <clears throat> in that facility. And we meet there in church on Sundays. So we had just installed some new lights so that streaming is better and we don't get to go today. So hallelujah gear. We'll be back on it. Look forward to it. Let's pray and get into the word of God. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Your word is truth. You said that if we know the truth, the truth would make us free. So, Father, we come to you today. We open our eyes and our ears. We have eyes to see. We have ears to hear and a heart to understand. We turn to you, Lord, with an open heart. And you said you'd reveal to us if we do. If we turn to the Lord in repentance and with an open heart, you give us revelation. So, Father, today we thank you for revelation. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory that's wrought in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about love and fruit. Um, if you've been around me any time or been in some of the Bible studies I teach or at church, we, we, I talk a lot about John 14 <clears throat> and the scripture that radically changed my life and Karen's life uh, and our kids. As we went through a pretty tragic thing probably 28 years ago, um, we realized that we were in a battle that we weren't equipped to fight and everything that we heard was impossible. There was no hope for us. In fact, <clears throat> we had gone to get a second opinion and the uh, doctor said, there's no hope for you. Now, I don't know if you know, but I, 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 this was a place in our life where we felt totally hopeless. Now the Bible word for hope means a joyful, intense expectation of good. <clears throat> and, excuse me. In the, situation that we were facing, we were without a joyful, intense expectation of good. We didn't have a good expectation of any good coming in the future concerning what we were going through. We were without hope. 
Now, we uh, at the Dream Center, our, our vision is we give hope to the hopeless. And sometimes people say, why do you call people hopeless? Well, if you're without hope, you're hopeless. Hope deferred or being without hope makes the heart sick. But a promise realized is a tree of life. The word of God realizes a tree of life. We realized as we went through this, our only hope was in God. <clears throat> I'd heard some scriptures before about uh, believing for the impossible, but not really delve much into it. I did, had heard of uh, funny, uh, financial healing, sure, sure, but physical healing in the body of Christ. You study the ministry of Jesus Christ. There was a lot of healing that took place in his ministry. In particular, it was a three-part ministry, preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, teaching in the synagogues, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people because God was with him. <clears throat> Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil. According to the word of God, healing is good. So my wife and I, who were without hope, were given hope by someone who shared the gospel with us. And I mean the gospel like I've never looked at it before. <clears throat> it's amazing what you'll be open and receptive to when your back's against the wall. One of the verses that radically stood out to us was John 14, 12. Now, I had been raised in the church. In fact, I grew up in High Point, went to First Methodist Church. I was born there, uh, dedicated, christened there, confirmed there, went through all through high school and in my church. And, <clears throat> and the fact at the time that we were, this was going on in 94, we were going to First Methodist Church. Uh, my father had passed in 90, but this was our family church. Mom's still singing the choir. But someone brought me and Karen, the word of God, in particular, something like, if you can believe all things are possible. Jesus was ministering to a father who had brought his son to his disciples in Mark, the ninth chapter. He had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, his face still glistening from <clears throat> the presence of God as he was on that mountain. And as he came down, he noticed there was a group of people uh, with his disciples asking him a lot of questions. He said, what question do you have with them? And the father said, I have brought my son to your disciples, who my son who has a demon spirit, to cast him out, and they could not. Jesus was not exactly uh, easy on them. He says, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring him to me. As soon as the father brought the son to Jesus, the demons in that boy saw Jesus and threw him on the ground, and he began to wallow and foam and having a seizure. And Jesus didn't go into emergency deliverance. He just said, looked at the son and says, as the boy's laying on the ground, wallowing and foaming, how long has he been like this? And the father said, ever since he's been a child. And often... The spirit tries to throw him in the water to drown him or throw him in the fire to kill him. And then this, listen to this, this statement from this man, based on the knowledge that he had. 
They said, but if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. And Jesus looked at the man and said, if I can do anything. Then he turned the table back to him and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Wow. All things are possible to him that believes. The verse that we heard in John 14, Jesus is talking about his relationship with his father. And my, my purpose is to get there in just a minute. But he said, Philip, from now on, you've known the father and you've seen the father. And he said, Lord, just show us the father. We will be satisfied. He says, how long have I been with you, Philip? If you've seen me, you have seen the father. The words I speak into you, not my own. They come from my father. <clears throat> and the miracles and signs of wonder you see me do are not me, but it's the father that dwells in me. Don't you believe that I'm living in him? And he's living in me. And then John 14, 12. This went off in me like the 4th of July. He said, but if you can believe. And he, no, he said, John 14, 12. Says, but if you believe on me, the works that I do, you'll do. And greater works than these shall you go to my father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Jesus said, John 14, 12, if you believe on me, the works, miracles, and he's just talked about the miracle and signs and wonders that were manifested through his ministry. And he says, it's not me. John 5, he says, it's not me. It's the Father that dwells in me. I can do nothing of myself. Again, in John 14, If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm living in him and that he's living in me? The words I speak are not my own. The miracles, the signs, and wonders, these things you see, these works, it's the Father living in me. Don't you believe I'm in him and he's in me? And if you believe on me, then the works I've been doing that he just talked about, you would do. And greater works than these shall go because I'm going to my father. The key's coming up. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Here's a biggie. And this ties into the fruit that I'm talking about. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, listen to me. In Luke 6, Jesus said, <clears throat> and if you're at church last week, I'm repeating a little bit. <clears throat> what good, Jesus said in Luke 6, what good does it do you to call me Lord if you don't put into practice what I teach? What good does it do for you to call me Lord if you don't listen to me? If you love me, keep my commandments. <clears throat> and I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter who will abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth and become who the world will not receive because it doesn't see him. But you know him because he's been with you, but he shall be in you. I will contend to tell you that the reason Jesus did the miracles that he did was because the Holy Spirit, the Father, was living in him. Of which John the Baptist says, Jesus was called to baptize people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Holy Ghost and fire. 
And I will pray the Father, John 14, 16, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, Jesus had just told us that if we believed him, we would do what he did. And what he did was walk with the Father. He lived in the Father, and the Father lived in him. That's the reason the miracles, signs, and wonders. The message that he preached was because <clears throat> the anointing that was upon him because the Father dwelt in him. And it happened that the Father came to dwell, the Holy Spirit came to dwell on him in the River Jordan when Jesus was baptized by John. And he came up out of the water. John the Baptist says, this is the one that God told me about when he called me into ministry. He said, one day you'll see a man that you will baptize who comes out of the water. <clears throat> and when he comes up, you will see the Holy Spirit descend upon him and remain. That's the one that will baptize humanity with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I would add forever. Because <clears throat> Jesus said, I'm going to pray and the Father's going to give you the Holy Spirit who will abide with you forever. Now, when we get born again, God lives in us. But when he comes upon us, like he did on Jesus, and like he did on the disciples, the fruit came. The miracles, signs, and wonders came. <clears throat> Again, go back and remember, if you can believe all things are possible, these are promises from the Lord. Gabriel told Mary, after she said, I don't know how this is going to come to pass how that I will have the son of God. Nevertheless, let it be unto me according to your word. Notice, I don't really fully understand how this is going to happen, but let it come on. Bring it on. I'm, I, if that's what the Lord wants, that's what I want. We are believers, and that means that we believe. We're believers in God. That means we believe what he said. Now think about it. Anytime you come across a scripture that tells you something, <clears throat> that he tells us himself, we have a choice. Do we believe him or do we not? If we said that we're believers, then we should believe him, right? Okay. <clears throat> now, I'm laying some groundwork for you. Matthew 22, 34. I'm glad you're here. It's unusual not being in church bringing this message, but I didn't want to miss this Sunday with you. And I'm glad you came. And once again, happy birthday, Bo. Matthew 22, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Now, their, <clears throat> their motive was not information, but he gave them some. But their information was to trap him. This is something we talk about a lot, <clears throat> but I would dare say that we don't have, know how to do it, or we never consciously think about how do we enter into this commandment that Jesus is going to give us. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to him and said, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus answered and said, Lord, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, <clears throat> excuse me, with all the energy 
of your being and with every thought that is within you. As we note, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. That's the greatest commandment. It's not the greatest suggestion. It's the greatest commandment. We're commanded to love God above all things. That's the number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you're like me, most of my life, I said, okay, I love him. But don't really know how to enter into that place where I love him faithfully to his command with all of my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, and all of my being, I love him. And sometimes we read scriptures and we go, I don't know how this is going to work. Well, how do I do this? And the thing that we do is step in by faith. By faith, the just shall live. By faith, the righteous, that's you and I, because we believe God. Abraham believed God, and God counted that to him for righteousness, Romans 4 said. But that wasn't written for his sake alone. That was written for our sake too, righteousness. Or right standing with God is granted to us also who believe in, trust in, and hereto rely on God, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was put to death because of our misdeeds and raised again to secure our justification, making our account balance, absolving us <clears throat> from all guilt before God. Abraham believed God. God counted that to him as righteousness, but not just for him, for you and I. When we believe God, God counts us righteous. Romans 10, 9 and, says, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then are you saved? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. First, we believe God unto righteousness. We believe God and God counts it to us for righteousness. And then the next verse says, but with the mouth, a confession's made unto salvation. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. We believe what? The word of God, the truth. There's only two types of words in this world, the truth and not the truth, the truth and lies. There are absolutes. There is black and white. When it comes to the things of God, there are words that he's told us that are irrefutable. In fact, the Bible is irrefutable. It is the inerrant word of God. We believe that, and we declare that, and we will see that. But he said, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then are you saved? This person that comes to the Lord to be born again is believing in their heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he's Lord of their life, and then they declare him Lord of their life. Now, I will say this, and I'm not trying to stir the pot, but there's a lot of people that just go, Jesus is Lord, and they've not really... made him Lord. They haven't believed it in their heart. They're confessing with their mouth, but they're not really committed on the inside. Again, what good does it do you to call me Lord if you don't put into practice what I teach? 
If he tells us to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, our answer is yes. We are the righteousness of God with the just of God. We live by faith. Whatever he calls us to do, we got to do it by faith. So we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. <clears throat> is that it? Well, no. He said, that's the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained with these two commandments, to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. If you keep these two, <clears throat> the rest is done. You'll keep it too. It's not because you say he's Lord. It's because you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and you believe what you say will come to pass. You would have what you say. If you don't believe it, but confess it, you'd have to say, well, then it won't come to pass because you have to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and believe that what you say, according to Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, <clears throat> you'd have to believe it before you declare it. And then you declare it, but knowing that and believing that when you declare it, it will come to pass. The only sometimes seems to be that we have to use our faith. And if we don't have enough faith, we won't walk out what he said. But then Peter came to Jesus one time and said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, Peter, if you just had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to move and it would obey you. <clears throat> My contention is, he wasn't saying one day, Peter, you may have faith the size of mustard seed, but right now you have like minuscule faith. But one day you may have this little bit of faith. I don't think that's what he meant. He said, Peter, you want more faith? I think he would mean if you whittle all the faith, because they've been listening to the Lord. They've been walking with him. I'm not sure how long this was in the three-and-a-half-year ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he had heard the word, and faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. They had the faith of God available to them, and they were using and walking in it, but they kept getting caught between the thoughts of how they normally operate and how this kingdom of God operates. If you try to filter the kingdom of God through the world system, it won't ever work. That's why Paul says, don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's talking to believers that need to renew their minds. You and I need to constantly renew our minds, separate the world or the kingdom of this world from the kingdom of God. They don't operate the same. <clears throat> One other story, but then I'm going to take you to John 50. The disciples were walking into Jerusalem, thinking that Jesus is going to take over and start ruling Jerusalem from right there as, as King David did. And they began to argue who's going to be the top dog. Now, he did have three that were sort of like his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, but I don't think they even, they may have, but didn't look like in this Scriptures that they was they were involved with Peter. It's mostly James and John, the two brothers, who were arguing who's going to be the greatest. And even 
one of the gospels says that the mother, their mother came to Jesus and said, Jesus, can one of my sons sit at your left and one sit at your right when you set up your kingdom? And Jesus is not going to set up an earthly kingdom. He's going to set up the kingdom of God to rule the earth. He says, I don't think, do you know what you're asking? Do you think that they can drink from the cup I'm going to drink from? He goes, well, yeah, they will. But nonetheless, whoever sits at my right and my left is not mine to call. That's the father's. Because he only did what the father told him to do. He only went where the father told him to go. He only said what he heard the father say. If the father told him to do it, Jesus was obedient. If you love me, keep my commandments. Whatever he does is our calling to be like him. John 14, if we believe on him, not just this one verse, but all of Jesus' teaching, he said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do. All of his works. Jesus would hear from the Father. He would obey. And the Holy Spirit and the Father would do the works. Jesus yielded. The Father moved through him. Somehow we think if we're going to lay hands on the sick and the shell recovery, it has something to be do with us. <laughs> it really doesn't have anything to do with us at all. Jesus did tell us to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils, and cleanse the lepers. No, 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 brother. No, that's what he told the disciples. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because Matthew 28 says, go into all the world, telling the disciples. This is a great commission from Matthew's perspective. He's telling the disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Listen to this. And teach them to faithfully follow every command I've given you. I never looked at that way. We have to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand so that we can turn to the Lord with an open heart and revelations given to us. If he told them to do it, it's our calling. It's our calling as well. In chapter 14, Jesus is telling them about the Father living in him <clears throat> and he living in the Father. If you don't believe me for what I say, at least I'll let the miracle signs of wonder convince you that the Father's with me. As Nicodemus knew, as he came to him and he was a ruler and sat on a council, this Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, Jesus says, I don't know much about you, but I know this one thing. You cannot do what you're doing unless God's with you. Now, what he was telling the disciples in John 14 was, don't you believe that the Father's living in me and I'm living in him? He's, he's asking them if they believe the same thing that Nicodemus had already said he believed. You must not be by yourself because you can't do what you do if you are. And then he said, I'm going to go pray, and the Father's going to give you the same Holy Spirit to abide with you. <clears throat> That's how you can do what I've called you to do, what I've been doing. Remember what he said next. If you love me, keep my commandments. We got to check and say, if we're not doing what he called us, we might want to check up on our love of him. And get back in obedience and begin to love him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength.
And Jesus, through John 14, <clears throat> invites us to come into this relationship with him and his father. In fact, he said, no man can come to the father unless you come through me. Why? Because of his blood. Because he found a way for us to be with the father that we once had been given in the garden before the fall. It's about restoration. It's about restoring us back to where we were before. Walking with God. There's so much about John 14, 12, and for so long that meant to me that we should be doing the miracles, signs, and wonders that Jesus did. And yes, of course we should. But there's something more important than doing that, and that's walking with God and living in him and him living in us. And Jesus said in John 14, the Father loves me because I keep his words. And the Father loves me, and he get, He pours his love out upon me. And I'll do the same for you, and then you will be in me, and I will be in him, and we will be one. John 15 says, I'm like a sprouting vine, and the Father who tends the vine is my Father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. Not getting rid of them, but propping them up to help them grow. <clears throat> and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a graver harvest. He said, the words I've spoken to you, they've already pruned or cleansed you. Sometimes we erroneously think that God puts us through tough things to prune us, in which this word means cleanses us or teaches us. And Jesus says, the words I've spoken to you have already cleansed you, already pruned you. The branches that aren't producing fruit, he cuts them back to get rid of the dead weight, to get rid of the bad doctrine, to get rid of the things that we don't that we believe that aren't true, so that we can produce fruit. And pruning every and if we're fruitful, he'll prune us by the word of God to focus us in his truth <clears throat> we would be free and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a grave's harvest <clears throat> the words i've spoken to you have already cleansed you listen to this so enter into life union with me because i've already entered into life union with you as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live intimately joined to mine. He's the vine. <clears throat> He's the grapevine. The main stalk is not where the fruit comes from. It comes from the branches. And it comes from the branches from last year's wood that had to be pruned <clears throat> to produce fruit. The vine does not produce the fruit, the branches do. And Jesus is using this analogy of a grapevine and vineyards. <clears throat> and then the reason people grow grapevines is to grow grapes to make wine. <clears> or <throat> to bear fruit to eat. But these fruit and what we've learned to do the horticulture is to prune them 
so that they produce more fruit. And if you look at the fruitless branches are not producing fruit. He prunes them. Jesus says, you've been pruned already by the words I speak of you. In other words, he prunes us as believers, not by the hardships the devil rams down our throat, but by the words he speaks to us. <clears throat> the words I've spoken to you have already cleansed you, already pruned you. So enter into life union with me because I've already entered into life union with you. <clears throat> As a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, your life will be fruitless unless you live intimately joined. You live your life intimately joined to my life. I'm the vine. You're the branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. If you live separated from me, you'll be discarded like shriveled up branches that are gathered and thrown into the fire to be burned. <clears throat> There's no, <laughs> if it's fruitless, why do you keep it? But if you step into life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, you can ask what you want and what you desire, and it will be done. Listen to this. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Just like Jesus. When, you live, when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. If your lives produce fruit because you're my disciple, being a disciple of Jesus is being like him. And there's many things we equate to fruit, but one thing for sure that is the fruit is the miracles, signs, and wonders that he did to eradicate the kingdom of darkness that was running ripshot over humanity. And that was fruit. Listen to this, because he ties loving with this. We're about to close. <clears throat> I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Jesus loves us with the same love that the Father has for him. And in John 17, when Jesus is praying, he says, the Father loves you the same way that he loves me. Let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commands, for I am nourished and empowered by his love. Nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose in telling you these things is that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness, overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. Wow. Fruit and love. Again, we're called to walk by faith. Love one another. It will only happen when we walk in faith and love as he's commanded us to. I've been around the Word of Faith 
charismatic Pentecostal. I wasn't raised this way, but at this point in time, I was wide open to everything that God had, and I cannot go to the Word of God and, and not pull from His Word the fact that He wants to live on the inside of us and fill us with His Holy Spirit so that we could do the works that, that Jesus did. <clears throat> my grandfather was a Pentecostal holiness preacher on my daddy's side. My mom was raised pilgrim holiness. But God desires great things for us to accomplish his purposes and his plans. Don't forget, it's the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth to establish whose covenant? His covenant. It's money with a mission. It's power with a mission. It's. I know some of you, if, you, if you're not used to this teaching, sometimes you'll think, well, why does that matter? Can't we just love everybody? Well, yes. But he wants us to produce fruit. And the ones that aren't producing fruit, Jesus says that God holds them up and coddles them until they begin to produce fruit. So we're called to produce fruit. <clears throat> he told Jesus, He told the disciples to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. That's our commandment too, according to Matthew 28. So every time that we finish this teaching, the Lord's put in my heart to curse cancer. I don't know where you are, who you are, maybe watching this broadcast today. We're not in church. We're home because of the snow. But the Lord asked me after I buried my brother of cancer about three years ago and my father 31 and a half years ago. But after my brother, he said, curse cancer every time you minister. So that's <clears throat> what I do. Jesus spoke to a fig tree and it died. He spoke to the wind and the waves and they obeyed him. He spoke to a fever in Peter's mother-in-law, and it left, and he told us to be like him and to heal the sick. Well, one of the ways we do it is in the name of Jesus, another way that we're going to curse cancer with our mouth and believe that it will come to pass. He said, if you say to the mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea, don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, you would have what you say. We take him seriously at Restoring Place Church, the church of the, market, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center. So if you have cancer in your body or someone in your family has cancer, or you know <clears throat> someone that has cancer, I want you to stand to your feet if you can. If you're driving, listen to the podcast on a bike or whatever, stand up on the inside. But we're going to speak to the cancer in your body or their body. If you have cancer in your body, someone in your family or someone you know has cancer, we're going to speak to the cancer in their body. And then we're going to call their name out or your name out. Now, when I tell you to call your name out, I've got a list of people I'm going to mention their names as I speak to the cancer in their physical bodies. I'm not speaking to them, but the cancer in their bodies. That's what Jesus told us to do. So join me in faith. We're going to, we're going to declare it. We know it's going to come to pass. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority vested in us as members of his body, warriors in his kingdom, ambassadors from the kingdom realm of God, join heirs with Jesus Christ. We curse the cancer cells and all cancer and the physical bodies of the people's names that we call out right now. Now you call your name out. I'm going to read this list. Benny, Phil, Steve, Amy, Mar Marlene, Gina, Charlie, Rob, Shirley, Richard, Chris, Darnell, Bridget, 
Iris, Leslie, Blake, Paul, Jack, Lee, Tony, Marcia, Sean, Alice, Peter, Cross, Linda, Billy, Jill, Thomas, Jillian, Cole, Sherry, and Patrick. And Benny. Cancer, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're speaking directly to you. We command you to die. We curse you to your core. We command you to cease and decision maneuvers and come out of these bodies in Jesus' name. If this cancer is demonic, not physiological, Jesus told us to deal with that. He said that believers would cast out devils. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, any of this cancer that's demonic, in the name of Jesus, we command you, come out of them, loose them, and let them go in Jesus' name. We cast you out of their physical bodies in Jesus' name. And if there's any cancer within the sound of my voice, either in me or in you, cancer cells, we don't even know that they're there. Unknown, undetected. We don't have to wait till it grows to a mass beyond control, which is not beyond control. But we speak to every cancer cell within the sound of my voice. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you found unclean cancer cells. We command you to die in the name of Jesus. If it's demonic, loose them, let them go and come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> any other sickness, any other disease, any other torment, any mental issue, every uh, oppressive issue, every sickness, every disease, every sugar disorder, blood disorder, anything that's contrary to the perfection in which God created us to function in our physical bodies, we curse it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak the healing power of God over you from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet. We release the peace of God, the peace and the healing of the kingdom realm of God. God declares that he's Jehovah Rafa, he's the self-existent one that reveals himself to be our healer. He is our healer, and we receive it now. Mental issues, torment, addictions, perversions, sexual addictions, any type of tormenting spirit, anything, we command these demons to leave us, set us free. We have the mind of Christ. We have peace of mind from ADHD, ADA, or any of those things, ADD, whatever. Schizophrenia, bipolar disorders. We speak peace and wholeness and the creative perfection of God in our physical bodies from the top of our head, the bottoms of our feet, and in our soulless realm, our minds, our will, and our emotions. Psalms 23 says he restores our soul. And we give him all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing before we go. I don't know where you stand, but <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe you did before and you've not been walking with him. I would invite you to come to the kingdom. If there's any hesitation on your part, it's due to lack of knowledge of the truth. Jesus went to the cross to pay the price so you and I could live a life of eternity with God instead of eternity with hell that came about as a result of sin. He became sin for us and knew no sin that you and I would become the righteousness of God in him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Two prayers we're going to pray. One to be born again <clears throat> and one to be filled with his spirit like Jesus is talking about. The father living in him and he living in the father. Repeat this after me. Heavenly father. Today I've heard your gospel message preached. Today I declare 
Jesus is Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And according to your word, in my profession of faith, I'm now saved. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now take my life and do something with it. You also said that if I ask you, you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. So, Father, fill me. Come into my life. Settle in me the way that you settled in Jesus in the River Jordan. In Jesus' name. And I receive it now. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. If you just gave your life to the Lord or perhaps you uh, ask him to fill with your Holy Spirit, reach out to us. There's some information on the, on the website right there. Or you can go to restoringplace.org or CLTDC, charlottedreamcenter.org, and get in contact with us. God bless you. We love you. I'm going to speak a blessing of you before you go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up its countenance upon you like face to face and give you peace. Thank you again for being our guest here on The Voice of Healing. When you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday morning service. Our website, restoringplace.org, has all the details on how to find us. While you're on our site, check out ways you can volunteer at the Dream Center. Need someone to answer questions about us or to pray with you 24-7? Call our prayer line at 704 904 9025.